Good morning and welcome to Asset Protection Today with Attorney Bill Alexander on News Radio 680 WPTF. Jason Kong here with Bill Alexander. Bill, how are you doing today? I'm good. Good, good, good. Excellent, Bill. Always <laughs> like to hear that. I know we're uh, getting through another month here and we've got some seminars coming up in March as always and we'll get into that as well. But I, I know we've got a r- wide range of topics that we want to get to today. And well, the, we hope so. Yeah. Well, you know, we try and squeeze as much as we can into the hour, mm-hmm. but uh, it all depends on how, how much we can cram in. But let's let's get started, Bill. We okay. One of the things when we think of with asset protection, it may not be the first thing we think of, but it is important because it determines our planning, is our health. And to go with that, we're, we're going to start talking about mental health. Well, actually, uh, get drilling down. Uh, what I really wanted to talk about is one of the most, one of the scariest things um, for families to deal with, and that is Alzheimer's, mm-hmm. or truthfully, any kind of dementia type of issue, uh, but particularly Alzheimer's because Alzheimer's is the worst of the dementia issues. And it's it's uh, it's a scary word uh, for anyone, um, uh, particularly for those uh, who have had loved ones with that dreaded disease. Uh, and so I wanted to talk about Alzheimer's and uh, the mistakes that I observe uh, in families trying to deal with a loved one who was suffering from. Uh, from dementia. Um, and tru- truthfully, um, there are there are many avenues and there's a lot of, of support out there uh, for families to deal with Alzheimer's. But uh, you know the the f- trick is is that or I shouldn't say trick, the um, the key is is when to take certain actions as opposed to trying to do everything alone, trying to do everything by yourself. And, of course, there's, there's also the issue where um, a person is getting older and uh, suffering from early dementia, uh, but trying to stay independent, trying to stay alone. And that, that um, uh, develops into its own set of very real problems. And so uh, I wanted to take uh, time uh, because this is an issue that we deal with all the time in our office. um, And we're good at it, quite frankly. But at the same time, it's the kind of thing where we see so many families making huge mistakes when it comes to dealing with it. Um, Because oftentimes it's just, oh, let's take, you know, so-and-so to the doctor to see what you know, of what the diagnosis is as opposed to actually doing things that make a difference. You know, it's unfortunate that um, medication uh, isn't particularly helpful at this point. You know, there are a couple medications out there that uh, say in about half, half the patients that it slows the progress of the disease. But it doesn't stop the progress of the disease, nor does it help people get better. You know, they're working on medications all the time, and we hope that something new will come out that will make a difference. But uh, to the best of my knowledge at this point, there's not anything out there 
that actually um, makes a huge difference other than uh, that there are a few things that with, for some people will slow the progress down, um, which is, of course is important. So when you um, boil it all down, uh, some folks uh, try, quite frankly worry that they, that they may be contracting or may have contracted uh, Alzheimer's or some sort of dementia, and, and truthfully, they may not have it at all. <laughs> <laughs> you know, uh, because uh, frankly, uh, you know, how do you tell the difference between just normal memory loss, in other words, normal forgetfulness, and actually the first signs of dementia? Because in a lot of ways, it looks very similar. And so, for those of us who are growing older <laughs> and we're more likely to forget names or where we might forget dates or we in other words we're we're becoming a little more forgetful we can't think of the right word um is that dementia and, and the fact is no it's not uh, uh so uh, what we really want to know is what kind of forgetfulness is normal <laughs> versus what kind of forgetfulness is an alarm that needs to go off where families need to actually take take some action? Uh, so um, uh, that um, is sort of – it's an interesting proposition. And, and of course, uh, one of the things I mean, as it relates to uh, cognitive ability is when do you think that you're actually at your prowess cognitively? Um, wh when do you think your mind is the sharpest? And I'll give you a hint. It's not when you're a teenager. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Let's say uh, late 30s. Actually, that's not a bad guess. Okay. Uh, you know, you're probably speaking to yourself that, you know, you know, I'm in that I, I'm age just group. hoping once I get around there, you know, <laughs> the lights will suddenly turn on and I'll actually, be at my I've got good news for you. It's late 20s. Late 20s. Is actually okay. when you're at your best uh, cognitively. Uh, and then, you know, after that, it's downhill all the way. <laughs> <laughs> I think it's, you know, when you start having children and they just mess with your mind. Right. And, you know, I'm there. I'm there, Bill. <laughs> so Henry and Arthur are taking care of that problem for us at your home. I Absolutely. Guess. Right. Okay. So, um, but as, as we get older, you know, as we, uh, particularly when you get into your 60s and 70s, uh, you do, you know, it's it's not abnormal to um, to become a little more forgetful uh, as it relates to things, and it's just brain function. Uh, but it's um, uh, but there is what is called age-related cognitive decline, and some of us uh, decline more than others. I mean, we're human; we're different. Um, uh, and so that occurs at different ages for different folks. And, and part of it, I think, has to do with how do we take care of ourselves, you know, because there's a lot of, of things that we do that can help or hurt as it relates to our overall health, which can – and, of course, you, you end up going back to, guess what, 
exercise and how, uh, it, you know, your diet and um, weight, uh, all of that uh, can affect because obviously you have to have blood going into your brain and all that good stuff. So, um, so the, the question is, how do you tell the difference between age-related cognitive decline and early dementia? And so I, kn- I know when we come back from break, that that's what I want to drill into. Yeah, we'll leave that cliffhanger there for our listeners because a lot of people do want to know <clears throat> what is considered normal and what is something that you do have to be worried about because, you know, we all have these instances of forgetting things and you do wonder just how serious it is. But we'll, we'll debrief everyone and we'll get down to that in just a second. Stick around. You're listening to Asset Protection Today with attorney Bill Alexander on News Radio 680 WPTF. You are listening to Asset Protection Today with Attorney Bill Alexander on News Radio 680 WPTF. Jason Kong here with Bill Alexander. Thank you so much for joining us this morning. We are having a conversation, Bill, all about Alzheimer's, and you and your practice deal with this a lot with. Uh, helping family members uh, get their planning situated when a person has a uh, Alzheimer's diagnosis. And just before the break, we were talking about the signs of what is normal and what is an alarm or a warning sign that we need to pay attention to. Right. How do you tell the difference between age-related cognitive decline or early dementia? I mean, because they're two different things, and one should be really scary and the other not. Right. So... Uh, first of all, I mean, so how do you tell the difference? The main thing, the, the key point, is whether or not uh, there is a significant impact on uh, your activities of daily living. Uh, in other words, um, things like cooking or feeding yourself or handling your money, managing your money, knowing what change you're supposed to get, uh <laughs> Uh, paying your bills timely, um, taking your medications and vitamins and things, uh, your ability to drive to the grocery store, um, uh, being able to shop at a grocery store or the drugstore or the like. Um, Those, uh, you know, if you're having difficulty with those things or you're getting really confused, I mean, it's not a matter of walking into uh, a room and thinking to yourself, no, I'm, I can't remember why I walked into this room. Yeah, <laughs> that's probably more like age-related cognitive decline. You know, where did I put my keys? Where did I put my glasses? Well, I mean, for most of us, we've been having those problems since we were little. So, <laughs> so <laughs> not a big deal. So um, if you notice memory loss or what seems like cognitive uh, symptoms, uh, certainly you can go to your doctor, but uh, the, the, if you notice it, then that, the, again, uh, what are some of the symptoms uh, as it re- relates to that? Well, the first, of course, is memory loss that somehow disrupts your daily life. And if it is, that if it's disruptive, then it's more than likely uh, more than just age-related decline. Um, 
If you're having difficulty completing, you know, familiar tasks, things that you've always done without any problem at all, and now it's taking longer, it's difficult, uh, or you're not doing it as well, or the like. Uh, If you have confusion with time or place, that's not a good sign. (laughs) So um, if you are having difficulty with understanding visual images, um, you know, you're not comprehending well, or you're having new problems with words or speaking. I mean, uh, um, all of us have difficulty speaking at times or finding the right words, but, but to the degree that we're having new problems that are more often or having difficulty with words that in the past we never had difficulty with, those kind of things. Um, a big indicator that you may not see for yourself, <laughs> but a loved one might, is changes in your mood or in your personality. Uh, one of the one of the sad things about Alzheimer's disease is it, it is it really does, uh, in almost all people, have a significant impact on their uh, mood and personality, and in fact. Uh, one of the sad things about uh, Alzheimer's, particularly as it as it progresses, is the fact that it it tends to make people someone they they have never been before. In other words, uh, their personality is is um, well, most of them either become mean as snakes, <laughs> just horrible to everyone, uh, or uh, docile, pleasant, uh, just a, a loving, sweet uh, person. Uh, and truthfully, most of us in our normal life, we're neither of those. <laughs> so, uh, you know, it's, but uh, it, it tends to exaggerate. And, and sometimes people who uh, in the past were just as nice as they could be, sweet, very thoughtful, uh, it, with the Alzheimer's, sometimes those are the ones who actually become just mean as hor- horrible uh, people to everybody that that loves them. Uh, and sometimes, so you just never know which way it, it's going to go. There's no real indicator, but uh, those changes in mood and personality um, uh, oftentimes are are good. But even if you notice that there are declines, is it dementia? And the answer is maybe not, because there are uh, lots of things that you may or may not be doing that is actually causing you to have some memory issues that um, you wouldn't think about. Uh, In fact, it's not um, unusual for there to be drug interactions which cause that, uh, uh, particularly if you're taking numerous drugs prescribed by different uh, physicians for one reason or another. Um, you know, sometimes the pharmacists catch that, but today, um, you know, most of us uh, uh, don't get to talk to the pharmacists very often. You know, the, the, a lot of the independent pharmacies have gone away, uh, unfortunately, and so um, uh, and uh, an awful lot of the change you, you, uh, that where you buy your drugs at the least cost are 
you know, you don't get to talk to the pharmacist really unless you specifically ask to do it. And it's the pharmacists that tend to pick up on drug interactions uh, a whole lot better than the doctors do. Uh, so you, you need a good pharmacist in your life. <laughs> That's important. Uh, it could be related to, um, the, I mean, for instance, um, a urinary tract infection will almost always uh, cause you to go into la-la land. Uh, and, uh, I mean, when my mother had urinary tract infections, I always knew it because she was just as loose as she could be normally. And if she started talking out of her head, it was like time to get to the doctor to prescribe antibiotics so that she could get over a urinary tract infection. So those are uh, things. And then there are uh, also, if you're seeing declines, uh, if it's not Alzheimer's, uh, then there are are things that you can do to – uh, to help yourself. And again, that typically has to do with exercise, um, you know, increasing blood flow, that sort of thing. And exercise and diet can reduce uh, blood pressure and uh, reduce weight and all of those things that uh, actually help your, your body, uh, including your brain, <laughs> as, uh, as, as, as it relates to that. I mean, so uh, the things that you can do is uh, is eating a healthy and balanced diet. Uh, you know, heart health is is key. Uh, exercising, staying active, and challenging your brain uh, in ho- whatever ways that you enjoy. You know, you got to do things you enjoy. You won't do them for very long. Uh, that's a really important. Um, yeah, an, another issue uh, that it, um, that most of us have read about is. Um, are you you know a lot of folks take statin drugs and so um, and, and quite frankly for a lot of folks uh, statins uh, may uh, cause uh, memory loss but it's not Alzheimer's uh, it's not dementia but it does um, uh, it may it sounds like I have it right now uh, it, it may affect um, uh, cognitive, Ability, but it, it you know some of the things that we do, you have to balance it as to what's more important for your overall health. You know, it may hurt in one area and help in another, and you have to make those choices based on what's best for you. But uh, it is difficult, and I know I've gone gone on and on, but it's an important issue. So when we come back, I want to talk about the mistakes that I see with families relating to how to deal uh, with with Alzheimer's or dementia and when action needs to be taken. That's great advice, and we look forward to hearing that. If you want to get a hold of Bill, schedule an appointment to speak with him, go online to WGALaw.com. That's Bill's website, WGALaw.com. There you can find plenty of information about the services he provides. You can schedule an appointment. You can also register for his free seminars in March. A quick break and back with more. This is Asset Protection Today with Attorney Bill Alexander on News Radio 680 WPTF. News 
Radio 680 WPTF. This is Asset Protection Today with attorney Bill Alexander. I'm Jason Kong. He's Bill Alexander, and we thank you for joining us this morning. We are talking all about Alzheimer's, Bill, and we've gone over uh, what's considered normal cognitive decline and uh, what is not normal and is a mm-hmm. warning sign that you may want to follow up on. But I know you want to spend some time now talking about mistakes that uh, families make with care and, um, you know, what we can do to get ahead of this and when, mm-hmm. when is the right time to start to take action? Absolutely. Well, before we do that, I do want to mention a few other things as it relates to uh, things in your life that may um, result in cognitive decline that you can change, you know, because I think that's really important for those of us who are getting older and we're seeing some uh, cognitive decline, and we're going, oh, my goodness, what's going on with me? Uh, Well, there are a few others, too, that are absolutely reversible, uh, uh, you know, other than drug interactions and, you know, like that we were talking about earlier. And what, what are they? Well, one is sleep apnea. If if uh, if you or not getting enough sleep, you know, is a similar I- issue. Uh, that and that's certainly a reversible thing as it relates to both of those. You can be treated for sleep apnea. Uh, it can be things like vitamin deficiencies. Um, where, uh, or it, it could be that you're getting too much here or not enough there. Uh, and, and truthfully, most of us don't get tested uh, for those kinds of things, and it's not going to necessarily show up uh, in a, a normal uh, physical. Uh, sometimes uh, there are other doctors who have a great, you know, more uh, testing where they do more testing of, of blood and other uh, things to I- indicate um vitamin deficiencies and things like that that can make a big difference in your life. Um, And and you can also suffer from things like depression um, that um, obviously have an effect on your ability to think. Uh, So, um, And that um, is another issue that obviously can be resolved with help. So I just wanted to make sure. Now, okay. so what what are some of the biggest mistakes? Uh, and uh, I, you know, I'll, I will talk about the legal side, but there are other sides of it as well. Um, most uh, the biggest mistake might, quite frankly, be procrastination in getting uh, uh, professional assistance. because most families have no clue how to deal with it. And it's sort of like, well, we, we can deal with this. We don't want to get uh, help. We want to keep this private. Um, and now, um, one of the biggest mistakes, quite frankly, is not getting legal help early because most people do not have the right legal documents to effectively deal with uh, these kinds of issues. Uh, In fact, uh, seniors tend, I mean, whether you have Alzheimer's or dementia or not, uh, almost all seniors have the wrong document uh, to deal with um, asset protection type issues. 
And what's the document? I know you know it, Jason. What document am I talking about? General durable power of attorney. Exactly. Uh, it's not that. It's not your will. It's not your health care power. It's not those kind of things. But uh, and the problem is, is that most seniors will think it to themselves. Oh, I've got one of those. I've got a power, a general power of attorney. In fact, my lawyer drew it up. Uh, the problem is, is that 99% of them are, even though they're drawn by lawyers, or if you went online and pulled one down, you have the wrong document if you're getting up there in age where it's highly, more likely that you will have to deal with issues relating to your spouse or, or uh, yourself. And um, what we recommend to our clients, make all the difference in the world, is an ad, what we call an advanced general durable power of attorney because it has much broader authority. Now, let me give you a simple example. And if it's like this. If, if you're demented, if you're in early stage dementia, or if you're just one of those seniors who are becoming more forgetful, you typically should have, still have the ability to sign and execute documents knowing exactly what you're doing. Your long-term memory is good. You still uh, understand things. Uh, you, un you know who your family is. You know where you live. You know uh, what, uh, it, what the meaning of what it, what it is that you're doing. Uh, and you're perfectly capable of, of knowing who you, you trust and who you love and where, you know, who you want to help you take care of things when you can no longer do it yourself. Um, most people in the early stages of dementia, and even sometimes a little more progressed than that, can still sign documents as, as long as their long-term memory is still intact and they can effectively know what they're doing uh, at the time uh, that they're discussing signing documents. And here's a, a good example. Let's say that you're a husband and wife and your spouse is uh, showing signs of dementia. Uh, at that point, or just because you're getting older, you should see an elder law attorney. And if you don't do anything else, have that general durable power of attorney change to an advanced power of attorney. Now, 99% of the powers of attorney out there uh, will not allow you to do the first thing we do in asset protection planning for a married couple. And uh, so what is that? Well, if mama has dementia, uh, then what we want to do is to be able to protect the property. And the easiest way to do that, generally speaking, is to move assets out of mom's name and put them in dad's name. Or if dad's the one with dementia, then we do it the opposite way and move everything over to mom's name. Well, most powers of attorney will not allow you to do that. You can't put the house in dad's name alone. You can't sign mom's name to do that because the power of attorney doesn't give you the authority to do that. That's the problem. The, the, the most powers of attorney are transactional in nature. In other words, it'll allow you to sell the house. It'll allow you to sell the car or truck. It'll allow you to pay the bills. But it's not going to allow you to do the more complex things like move property to one spouse or the other or even to the children, 
move, uh, be able to create irrevocable trusts or to fund trusts or to change beneficiary designations or the like. Um, uh, that Those are more complex uh, activities for an agent to do, and most powers of attorney will not allow you to do that, which if you want to protect your property, uh, having your agent be able to do it means an awful lot. Now, just because you sign a new document doesn't mean that you have to do that planning right away because you may not need to do it right away. The key is that you have the power to do it in the future. And so when you see someone going downhill or showing the first signs of going downhill, that is a mighty good time to do two things. And when you're getting your documents reviewed, one of the things that's really helpful for our clients is that we can tell them some of the techniques that can be used to protect their property in the future so that they don't have to lose everything in order to get the help they need. So many people think that they have to lose everything, spend everything in order to get help. And in in most situations, that is simply not true. You just need good professional help to do it. Now, there are other mistakes that I want to talk about. Do I have time to do that right now, Jason, or not? I think we should take a break and then we can devote. All right, well, we'll come back to it. Excellent. We will do just that. Stick around. You're listening to Asset Protection Today with Attorney Bill Alexander on News Radio 680 WPTF. Welcome back to Asset Protection Today with Attorney Bill Alexander on News Radio 680 WPTF. You can find more about Bill online at WGALaw.com. WGALaw.com. That's where you can find information about all the services Bill provides. You can schedule an appointment to speak with him. You can also register for his free seminars in March. It's a great website, WGALaw.com. Bill, we're talking all about Alzheimer's and what's normal, what's not normal, and mistakes that families make when it comes to planning and dealing with a diagnosis. Well, okay, let's talk about these mistakes because one of the mistakes um, with dealing with Alzheimer's and dementia is uh, not seeking help from others because families don't know how to deal with it. I mean, you think about it. How often do you have to deal with it? And most of us figure out how to, how to do things by experience. In other words, we've made mistakes. We know it better than to do that again. Uh, but the fact is, is that when we're dealing with health issues, we're learning on the, uh, on the run. And if we don't turn to people who have experience with dealing with these issues, uh, we're in trouble. And I'm not talking about medical doctors. Uh, yes, they can diagnose, they can treat, they can help, but they're not the professionals that actually help families. The, the, the real issue is how do we deal with mom or dad or spouse um, at home uh, what, what are the things that we need to put in place uh, to keep our home safe? I mean, most of us want to keep our loved one at home with us, uh, and there are ways to do that. Uh, now, 
there are two places that um, uh, uh, we should seek help from. Uh, number one, and particularly in the in the Raleigh area, we have a great organization uh, in terms of our local Alzheimer's Association. Well, guess what? The Alzheimer's group um, has a lot of experience, and so now when you you can be part of uh, of a group of others who are dealing with it. And guess what? We learn by their mistakes. We learn by the mistakes others have made over the years. Uh, and by going to a group like that, we can learn an awful lot, uh, but we have to do it. We have to proactively get involved in a group and learn as much as we can. Yes, there's things we can read about, but I think having a support group um, is uh, really, really helpful. And then there's another uh, professional that we really should seek out, and that is an independent life care manager. They used to be called geriatric care managers, but uh, independent is important because – and I'm not talking about going to these folks when you need uh, extra help at home, when you need uh, some caregivers to come in and, and uh, give you a few hours of assistance uh, each day. I'm talking about long before that uh, because a good independent life care manager can make suggestions that you can implement, most of which are very inexpensive, uh, make some changes, some small modifications to your home to make it safer for you to basically take care of someone as they get worse, as they progress down that long, uh, harsh road. Um, and, and so independent life care managers uh, can come in and uh, look at your home uh, and uh, see where you are on the spectrum uh, and to make some really good suggestions in terms of things that you can do to make your life a whole lot easier to deal with this. And part of the solution is how do we make your life as a caregiver, as a spouse or child of a person who needs help, how can we make your life easier and effectively uh, get done what needs to be get to get done for your loved one? And uh, and part of that, uh, at least from my perspective, um, uh, is if and here's another area where the independent life care manager can make a huge difference. Most families don't know how much is enough or how much is too much in terms of getting assistance. And if you get an independent person, in other words, not a social worker who works for a home care agency, not that they're not professional, it's just that they, their, their bread is buttered by the home care agency, so typically you'll, you may end up getting more uh, help or assistance than you really need. Uh, and it costs you a whole lot more. But if you have an independent person advising you on how much you actually need or don't need, because sometimes you don't need uh, near as much or there are other alternatives for you that are effective and less expensive and, and actually more helpful to you. So uh, those that's a biggie. And then the other mistake <laughs> 
that um, that folks uh, make uh, as it relates to uh, caregiving is not putting enough emphasis on the caregiver. In other words, you're focusing on taking care of the patient uh, and not focusing on how do I take care of myself as the caregiver. And what I mean by that is if you're going to take on the responsibility of taking care of a person who's going down this long road and you're going with them down this long road, it's hard. It's, it, and as the disease progresses, it gets harder and harder and harder. And it can feel like a ball and chain, and you have your own issues with loneliness and depression. Uh, even though it's a labor of love, it is a very difficult uh, position to be in. So it's the kind of thing where you need to understand those things that you can do to make your life easier recognizing that there has to be a compromise between the needs of the patient and the needs of the caregiver. Uh, Now, we sometimes call it respite, uh, and respite is those things that you need to do to to get away, Uh, but it's also implementing things that on a daily basis or at least every other day or whatever can make it easier for you, and that might be adult daycare, or it might be activities uh, that uh, your loved one can go to where they're safe and you can do other things while they're at that activity. Um, uh, But the bottom line is, is you've got to implement some things to take the pressure off of you. And if you do, it'll allow you to go farther down that road because most caregivers, if they don't Uh, implement some of these strategies, they basically get to a point where they fall over and they just can't do it anymore. And it's um, that that generally results in a placement in a facility um, for the loved one. So, you know, if you do it the right way, you can go down that road much, much farther. And that's helpful to everyone. Yeah, and it's one of those things when you're in it, it's it's really hard to take a step back and uh, get that overview of the respite that you do need and that rest that you do need as well. And the burnout factor, as you mentioned, is is totally real. Well, we got to take a quick break, but we will be back with more. You are listening to Asset Protection Today with Attorney Bill Alexander on News Radio 680 WPTF. You are listening to Asset Protection Today with Attorney Bill Alexander on News Radio 680 WPTF. Remember, you can find more about Bill online at WGALaw.com. WGALaw.com. We're talking all about Alzheimer's this morning, uh, in particular the mistakes that folks make when dealing with a diagnosis and how that can just completely change and uh, mm-hmm. dramatically alter your life, Bill. And we've gone over a number of mistakes that folks need to look out for. And I know you've got a, a couple more before we head out today. Well, uh, there there are a few other things. Um, I mean, what's a normal age uh, in terms of, of recognizing forgetfulness? Well, uh, most professionals would say late 70s uh, is a time uh, when most of us have seen some 
normal cognitive decline. Uh, but that doesn't mean we can't function perfectly. It just means we can't remember where our keys are worse than we did earlier. Uh, but then there's about 10% of uh, seniors who actually do start suffering from uh, uh, dementia. And that's um, uh, important to know because those are the ones who are most likely fall victim to scams. And, and then there's a, a couple other issues for those uh, as we grow older that can also relate to cognitive decline, uh, not necessarily related to dementia of any kind. And that is uh, many of us suffer from hearing loss or sight loss, uh, both of which can um, uh, lead to additional cognitive decline, uh, which obviously for most folks, uh, at least to some degree, can be corrected. You know, there's there are hearing aids, there are eyeglasses, there there, are, uh, but it's the kind of thing where you have to recognize that that leads to cognitive decline, and um, and that's not a good thing. Uh, and and sometimes it's not your memory; it's the fact that you didn't hear it. <laughs> so if you don't hear it, it's pretty easy to forget what you don't hear. Uh, so there's uh, there are issues like that that uh, are uh, you know part of uh, growing older, uh, that are uh, perfectly normal that you simply have to recognize and fight against and, and keep your mind active. And that means to get up off the couch, not be a couch potato, get active. Uh, you know, when people say to exercise, it doesn't necessarily mean to go to the gym. It might just mean to take a walk around the block or to, to stay active inside or whatever it is that you want to do, but uh, not be a couch potato. That's that's uh, that's bad. <laughs> so, and of course, uh, the the most important thing you can do is to come to our seminar to learn more about this stuff. How about that? I like that, Bill. <laughs> and if you want to find more info on that, head over to wgalaw.com. That's Bill's website. It's very easy to register for free for Bill's seminars coming up in March. He does this the second Wednesday of every month, and that would put this next set of seminars on Wednesday, March the 11th. 11th. Again, WGALaw.com. You can also call the office if you want to register, 919-256-7000, 919-256-7000. That's the number to call if you want to schedule an appointment to speak with Bill or if you want to register for the free seminars or if you just want to find more information about his practice, 919-256-7000. Bill, I think we've covered a uh, a lot of ground today. Uh, thank you very much for coming in and sharing with us. Uh, we're out of time for today. On behalf of Bill Alexander, I am Jason Kong, thanking you for listening to Asset Protection Today with Attorney Bill Alexander here on News Radio 680 WPTF. Have a great weekend.